This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's worst 250 movies so you do not have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. My name, Abigail Ward. And this week we watched Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> While on vacation in Mexico, Chloe, a ritzy Beverly Hills Chihuahua, finds herself lost and in need of assistance in order to get back home. Let's watch. We should just start talking in the Australian newscaster voices. <laughs> this week is Beverly Hills Chihuahua. You're so good at it. Thank I you always so much. think because I'm Abigail Ward. Do you ever when you're when you want to do an impression, do you hear it in your head and then try and replicate it? Or do you know. just go for it? I just go for it on vibe and instinct. When I want to do it, I hear it in my head. How well I can do an impression is determined by two things. One is how mm. well I can replicate the voice saying whatever I want in my head. And yeah. then I'm trying to mimic that voice. Mm. I try and like think of an example of someone actually doing it mm. rather than trying to think of me doing it. That's good. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. you you fall into the problem that I do with the, like the New York voice and the Michael Caine. Well, what if I just imagine myself doing it badly? Yeah. I'll just end up doing it badly. That's true. That's mm. very true. I'm Abigail Ward. And I'm Michelle St. Clair. A man has been brought into hospital You're with so four good at gun it. wounds. I think it's one of your best impressions, Thank honestly. You so much. It's really great. But I you know, I wanted to start I wanted to start. I got a question for you, Abby. Okay. Do you think a reverse shocker is two in the stink and one in the pink, or do you think it's when the pink and the stink put something in you? I'm speechless, Michelle. (laughs) This is what I was thinking about right before you arrived. And I was like, this counts as an opening. Do I think like what could logically occur? Because it's clearly the former or what I would want to occur, which is the latter. Oh, you desire. I would desire. Like I'd love a pussy to to be put in me for once, you know? (laughs) So it's it's about reciprocity less than it is about like a fetish or whatever. But really, I mean, like if we're talking. In all seriousness, Michelle. Yeah. Okay, let's bring it down a level. It's clearly two in the stink, one in the pink. Okay, all right. I yeah, f- yeah. I get. I guess. I guess. It'd be very difficult to completely prolapse a pussy and an anus and shove it in your own. But what a feat! What it a would feat. be? No, it's it's a pussy and an anus, not a feat. Oh, I'm so sorry. My yeah. bad. Apologies to all the foot fetishes out there for uh, uh, promising and then not following up. Mm, I mm. just look not to yuck anyone's yum. I just really don't understand psychologically how our brains get into foot fetishes there's a theory there's a theory that it's because uh something to do with like the uh your your brain's like sexual region is like close to something about how you control your feet or something and so like there's a theory that foot fetishes because it's one of those fetishes that like some of like you can see how you stumble into that or how it's like textural or sensory like tights or whatever it's yeah. like oh it's a it, you can see how someone could just like develop that or whatever yeah. but there's a there's a theory that's basically just like wires getting crossed in the brain it's like fucking coriandrous really? soap it's just some people just love a good foot it's so interesting yeah because i can really understand if there's like something around the clothes that people wear because the clothes are close to like genitalia or mm. to like other parts of the body that are typically sexualized but i really don't understand where feet come into it it's like if you had a full-on fetish around hands mm. like if like yeah a lot of women were into like men men's hands but like very much like they want photos of it so they can jack off to them yeah it's it, this 
it's a very this is what I mean. It's a very specific kind of fetish. Yeah, because don't know? get me wrong, like hands are nice. Like, hands I understand nice. the sexuality and intimacy of hands, but I wouldn't look at a photo of a hand and be able to rub one out to yeah. it, you it, know? It in and of itself is not doing Enough. anything for me. But in the for same men way that with, with feet feet and shoes, it does something for them. I think that's all they need. I also think sometimes you can tell when someone is repressing uh, probably unbeknownst to them a foot fetish, by the way. Sometimes, you know, when people's feet are in a photo, people will be like, Oh, put your feet away. That's nasty. That's gross. Feet aren't inherently no. gross i feel neutral about feet very much so you're a, i think you're most feet abject can be, reaction sometimes feet are a bit like gross like i feel like men have pretty bad feet sometimes like well that's just that's gnarly just and mangled. lack of personal hygiene exactly but like so that for that reason i'd be a bit like mm, but it's not a private area no your feet not. aren't private it's like saying put your hands away yeah Ugh, put, ghastly. Uh, my word my god put your hands yeah. away makes no sense that, that, that's the thing if you're living with a foot fetish like i don't want to go into the specifics of it in this episode but but if you are living with We're a foot minutes fetish, into talking what happens about it. when you're at a beach and you're just they're surrounded by a see if you're feet. living with a foot fetish. If you're living through a foot fetish. If you are surviving. <laughs> you're if you're a foot fetish survivor. Email us. Email us. <laughs> Not feet pics, just your stories. <laughs> just, just your story. Or maybe some feet pics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I reckon I should get into selling feet pics. It'll make me a bit of money. And I have really flat feet. And I reckon, as we've spoken about, there's definitely some subgenre of foot fetish, like foot fetishists that must really get off to a flat foot. They love an unarched soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, both both literally and metaphorically. Yeah. An They're like, soul. my God, you're not getting conscripted into the army with these flat feet. And I'm like, yeah, you, you know. You should do, so. you get good at foot popping or, da- or dangling. What's foot popping? Is that That's, popping a shoe off? Yeah, but, but it's like popping the heel out of like a, a, a shoe. What you is, know? so what that action is really a that's, turn That's on. foot popping. And you're that's taking the shoe real. off. As well as dangling. That's like when you dangle, like it's usually like a high heel off of your like toes that's also the thing a lot of it is like it's it's the idea of like shoes like people mm. like i hear that like a lot of men will send shoes to women because they just want photos of the women wearing the shoes mm. um, yeah but I, I think that's in the same way that sometimes men send women clothes and mm. are like that looks hot i want you to wear it. yeah and i think it's you know? a power thing as well of like i bought you this and i want mm. you to put it on because i think that's what men do as well of like that's something special for me that I've bought you and I want to see you in it. Like I bought I, you this sexy red dress. I do think for some of them, that is what it is. <laughs> I do think also though, for some of them, it's just the fantasy in their head. Yeah. They want to see it. Yes. And so it's just like, I want you to see that because it's the completion of this thing I yeah. like. And often there's a reciprocal relationship that's going on with in these scenarios. Did you think that this conversation would turn into a full discussion about foot fetishes? When I pitched my pink stink reverse thing? Yeah. No. 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 Not at all that I think this but would I get here. I feel like you baited me into it a little bit, you know? Um, speaking of bait, <laughs> <laughs> this week we watched Beverly Hills Chihuahua. It was either foot fetishes or prolapses, Michelle. <laughs> I think I went for the more savory. Uh, this part. week we watched Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> Can I say? Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. You and did? It wasn't good. I know it wasn't good. But I actually quite enjoyed myself and I actually quite enjoyed watching it because I thought it was quite sweet. And also like Drew Barrymore has the cutest voice. It is kind of sweet. It is yeah. kind of sweet. Look, I don't think it's good, but I do think it's kind of sweet. I do think this movie is good proof that we are approaching, if not maybe at the the, the fulcrum point, the, the tipping point where we said that at the beginning, we're connoisseurs of bad movies. And at the beginning... It was like, oh, hey, a lot of these are just turgid and boring mm. and offensive. Like Zoolander 2 or Yogi Bear are like, this isn't entertainingly bad. This is bad. Yeah. You know? And we occasionally had these flashes of greatness like Super Mario Bros or Highlander 2, you know? But but 
we knew as we, we would eventually reach a point where we were in stone cold, bad movie. This is fun to watch territory. Yeah. And I think I have known that at the very least many of the last 50 are going to be a golden run. It might even be the last hundo. I know. I have to say like this and the episode last week with Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. I, I feel like, we're not getting boring, shitty no. horror films. No. We're actually on a pretty good streak. I I, I need to double check, but I don't know how many found footage horror movies we have left. We oh haven't had one in a while. I never want to watch a found footage horror film ever again. No. It's been oh, such a bad I experience. I don't care how good someone says it is. I'm not doing it. There's nothing I'm, quite honestly. like watching 250 films against your will, essentially. It, well, yeah. Being legally obliged to watch <laughs> legally 250 obligated. I mean, really bad films. There was the era where we had to watch, what was it, like six of those horrors in a row? The Spookums in April. Yeah, that was a tough time. That was rough. That was a really bad <laughs> We're also time. both like burning out we hardcore. Were. <laughs> we were. But I actually had, I thought this was reasonably, to be honest, it's a Disney film, right? It's Disney, yeah. And I feel like it shouldn't, I'm not sure it deserves to be this low on the list. And also, I would like put this on par with most Disney things. Like, <laughs> let me go back Most Disney things? No. <laughs> On most Disney things made after, like, 2000. No, I feel like specifically what you might be thinking, because there's many Disney movies that are, like, unexpected Disney movies are really, really good. I think specifically this smacks of Disney Channel original. That's what I mean. Like, it yeah. reminds me of Camp Rock, even. Or, like, you know? High School Musical. Yes. It's, like, a surprisingly good Disney Channel original movie. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. But, like, I, I think that I really enjoyed... What's the what's the German Shepherd's name? Delgado. 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 Even though he had the classic hackneyed storyline of like a, an ex police dog that lost his sense of smell, um, I really liked his his character and his story I, and him and Chloe bonding throughout the film is so wholesome. I, I loved it. Like I do have problems with this movies. I also liked Delgado. Yeah, Delgado kind of he's, moved me a bit. And when he tries to put Chloe on the train and then she's like Delgado, yeah. no. And then he's like, don't turn around, don't turn around. And then he does turn he's, around. He's kind of the secret hero of this movie. It's called Beverly Hills Chihuahua yeah. and it pitches that it's going to be Puppy, the George Lopez one. Really and then it's, it's really Drew Barrymore, but it's actually Delgado. And I was thinking at the end, I was actually like, I can't wait to find out what happens the end because i want chloe and delgado to stay in each other's lives and they don't but they'll be friends forever yeah you can tell they'll they'll write letters to each other (laughs) and also like i because i was really keen to see who the voice actors were so i stuck around for the credits which Mm. i don't usually do usually as soon as the film ends i fucking close that laptop down oh but i wanted to know insane well yeah drew barrymore love her andy garcia i mean i'll get into it do you want to just get into the key details because i love andy garcia all right so, to, 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 to lead into it, this movie came out in 2008. Yes. As you said, starring Drew Barrymore, George Lopez, Andy Garcia, mm. and Piper Parabo probably I like shares. Piper Parabo. I know. We talked about this yeah. on, on Adventures of Rocky and Bull, Bullwinkle. Did we? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she, was, she was one of the leads in that, remember? Yeah. She hangs out with them. She's from Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah. And The Prestige. And The Prestige. She's, she's good. She's only in it briefly, but. And she was in that really great, iconic um, film about like a woman who's getting married who realizes she's gay, like Piper Parabo falls in love with Lena Headley. Lena Headey. Headey, yeah. Yeah. It's I haven't fit, seen that It's one. very queer. It's like when I was 16, I loved it. Why did she no one tell it? me there was a movie where Piper Parabo and Lena Headey fall in love? Yeah, and like what I think Piper's is getting married to someone and like Lena Headey, she meets her at like the engagement party or something and that's, it's about these women falling in love. You should watch it. Fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds exactly up my alley. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to get into the returning actors specifically because it is shocking. Okay. Because Drew Barrymore, because she was in Freddy Got Fingered, mm-hmm. 
Piper Parabo, who was in The Adventures of Rocky and Bull- Bullwinkle. Yeah. George Lopez, because he was in both Marmaduke, also voicing a talking dog, <laughs> and Meet the Blacks. We've had a lot of talking dogs on this we list. Have. And that that movie, Strays, is coming out, and I can already oh see God. it getting onto this list. Yeah, okay. If it wasn't locked, it would be immediately added. See ya. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. Cheech Marin was in Spy Kids 3 Game Over. Loretta Devine was in Urban Legends Final Cut. Also, Louise Guzman will be in a movie we have in a few weeks, Adventures of Pluto Nash. This I usually stupid. don't preempt, but the sheer volume going on. <laughs> and last, the director, Raja Gosnell, directed Home Alone 3. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is a haven for all stars. This this might I like hey, I feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be the movie with like the most of like the key returning actors. I'm not including yeah. when we find out th- uh, thanks to MR's incredible website that there's like uncredited extras and stuff, but yeah. like of key cast, this is more That's than wild. any I've ever seen. That's wild. Yeah. Um yeah, he Roger Gosnell directed. Oh, by the way, Roger Gosnell does not look <laughs> how you think he does. Okay. He he's named after his dad's friend uh Raja Muhadeen. Is he a white man? He is. <laughs> Remember how we couldn't decide how t- looks like Thai West would look? And I oh, was yeah, like, yeah. I thought he'd be like a hunky Eurasian man. I did not think Raja Gosnell would that look like that. The whitest man I've ever seen. He looks like y- your new boyfriend's dad. Yeah, he does. He Wow, that's a great... <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do any more bits. You've done the perfect one. Fantastic. <laughs> he also directed, by the way, Never Been Kissed. Oh. The, the original Big Mama's House. Oh. Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah. Like Monster Island? Um, yeah. Oh. Like the live action ones. Um, the Smurfs. Uh, also, Show Dogs. Uh, and he was an editor long before that. He edited Home Alone 1 and 2. Fuck off. That's how he got his job directing Home Alone 3. That's he also, crazy. This blew my mind. He was an additional editor on Good Morning Vietnam. And he edited Pretty Woman. Oh, wow. And Mrs. Doubtfire as well. Oh, all right. Like, this guy's good at his... He's good at his job. However, I did note he has a very short, like, text part of his Wikipedia, but it still manages to, in that, look, quite small Wikipedia... Yeah. ...include the line... Um, while many of his films have been met with poor reception from critics, they have generally been very successful at the box office. <laughs> Guy has so little in his Wikipedia and they were still like, yeah, but his movies suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does, what was the budget of this film and what did it make? This movie was shot for 20 million yeah. and it made 149.3 million. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And spawned two sequels. Holy shit. So All right. I, like, I get it. I'd, Not bad. I'd give him another movie. This film was strange for me. Like I'm, I'm, Give me, give me the overview now. But also, I, I would like to point out, we can get into this later, but I'm not a dog person. But this film made me very endeared to a lot of the dog characters. And you famously don't like dogs. Yes. We, I was even, I even thought Chloe was cute. I was like, she's a cute little chihuahua with a sad little face. There was the time that I unpacked, because uh, l- listeners, Abby has a, a long time dismissal, I would rather put it, <laughs> yes. of dogs. Not uh, hatred. You're not mm. like, oh, yuck dogs. Dismissal of dogs, but not all dogs. And we couldn't figure out what it was. And then I realized... It comes from your love of cats. If the dog could have been a cat, you don't like it generally. Mm. But if a dog has a certain, like, it's a big dog, you're like, well, obviously that couldn't have been a cat. Yeah. (laughs) And that comes into it. I think I've also realized 
as the years went on that it wasn't really the dogs. Like if dogs just existed in the world, I would really like them. I think I just really don't like dog owners. Yeah. Like when you're out and like people almost expect you to fawn over their dog. Like I hate it when people have their dog off leash and the dog runs up to you and the person's like, haha, sorry. He's just really friendly. I'm like, get your fucking dog off me. (laughs) Like it behave, like make him behave. I don't want this thing approaching me. Also you and I were at the park and we watched a dog literally maul a guy on a bike. And the owner was just like, Oh, sorry, man. Do you remember that? That's right. I was like, I just, I find dog owners really irresponsible and I find that they expect that you're just going to like their dog. And sometimes there's a really ugly dog too. And people are like, isn't he cute? And I'm like, I just don't get it. Yeah. He looks like a weird smushed in strange wrinkly ball sack of a dog I get it. and he's Ch- called chihuahuas Sergeant. stress me out to look at because yeah. they they look upset and upsetting i look like it feels like i'm looking directly at its skull yes and i feel like the way that we have mutated dogs to be smaller <laughs> we have no i but mutated is very funny yes <laughs> we've mutated their genetics we've bred them to yeah. be less healthy it's, to be shorter to be smaller to be cuter but it's not cuter is it because a pug literally looks like it's on death's door yeah. all the time it's very funny to, to me sleep. when people are anti-gmo and have a dog yeah <laughs> yeah you meet a pug and it's like got this heavy labored breathing and you're like i'm so sorry buddy why yeah. did we bring you into this world yeah we birthed a horror we did we, your time will be short and full s- of pain some dogs show that we tried to play god and we failed yes exactly like and maybe i have a cat that snorts and makes weird noises too but that's just because she's obese okay (laughs) not all cats are like that she's just rare (laughs) she's a husky woman she's not like that because of her breed she's just like that look i do love older dogs and i love big buffy dogs like i like german shepherds they're very cute yeah um but yeah i'm not really a small dog person because yeah if it's that small might as well have a cat did you hear the overview yeah In Beverly Hills, California. Abby's bad taste. <laughs> no, I think this one, I'm like, you're just allowed to have this. This, this doesn't <laughs> impact anyone else. <laughs> In Beverly Hills, California, wealthy businesswoman Vivian leaves her richly pampered pet chihuahua, Chloe, with her irresponsible niece, Rachel, while she embarks on a business trip for 10 days. Puppy, the landscaper Sam's pet chihuahua, has an unrequited crush on Chloe, by which she is disgusted. On a whim, Rachel decides to go to Mexico with her friends and brings Chloe along. When Rachel leaves Chloe alone in the hotel room to go dancing at a club, Chloe goes looking for her but gets dognapped as she tries to find Rachel and is sent to the dogfights in Mexico City. There she meets a German shepherd named Delgado and Rachel comes back to the hotel and is frantic when she finds Chloe missing. That's like the setup. Chloe narrowly escapes with the help of Delgado in the process setting a particularly aggressive Doberman, El Diablo, against her. Very funny choice to call them El Diablo. Mm. Del- oh, El Diablo is Edward James almost, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, insane. it's Adama is. <laughs> Poor Doberman's got a bad rap in this film. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they really did. I mean, they, he called his dog the devil. The devil. Yeah. Delgado reluctantly agrees to take Chloe back to Beverly Hills while Rachel, Sam, and Puppy head to Mexico to find her. After Chloe is conned out of her priceless collar by a rat and an iguana, uh, she and Delgado attempt to take a train back to California but are left in the deserts of Chihuahua. Delgado reveals he was once a police dog but was let go after a traumatic incident left him without a sense of smell. They are attacked by mountain lions, but rescued by a pack of indigenous chihuahuas who then take them to Aztec ruins. I really liked that bit. I know it's silly, but they take them to their little chihuahua empire. And I was like, this is so cool. Insane. If I was a kid, I'd froth this film, dude. I get, you know what? That does recontextualize that. It's a kid's film. I get that. I I do think as as a kid, I would love that there's like 
Chihuahua world building? Yes. The, it's okay. like Chihuahua like universe in the middle of the Chihuahua desert. That is fun. Yeah. El Diablo catches up to them, capturing Chloe in an Aztec temple. Uh, uh, Delgado happens upon the rat and iguana from earlier who have Chloe's collar, and Delgado breaks through his psychosomatic smell issues to lead them all to Chloe. After a scuffle, they manage to stop the dog nappers, though El Diablo escapes, and Chloe finally accepts Poppy's love. Mm. They manage... To all, they managed to all make it back to Beverly Hills without Vivian knowing any of what occurred, and Delgado is off to, offered another chance to become a Mexican police dog. Delgado just fucked me up. I just thought he was such a sweet character because I love Andy Garcia. I love a good ex-cop story, <laughs> and it's a he was a sweet little puppy that had a lot of allegiance and love. Yeah. And like literally the bit where there's a bit where Chloe and Delgado have just escaped from like the dog fighting place. And she's like, she tries to take him back to the hotel, to this restaurant. And she's like, I've got a, I've got a card. And like, I'm, I'm a member here. Like I've, I'll be treated well. I'm a, I'm a spoiled little pooch. They'll love me. Yeah. She doesn't know that she looks a mess and looks like a feral dog, like a, a, yeah. str- a stray dog. And she goes in and she says to him, like, like, just wait out here. I'll get us a, like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them and then we can have dinner together. And so he's waiting outside and he thinks that. Like she gets kicked out immediately at the back and he goes up to the window and he thinks he sees her dining there, like doing fine dining by herself in a little doggy jacket. Yeah. And it's a different white chihuahua with like a spot on its face that he doesn't see. And he looks so dejected. He thinks that she's just like left him behind. And I was like, <laughs> my little heart was breaking for him. I don't yeah. know why I, well, why I enjoyed this film so much. I, think, I don't know why. I think cause he, cause Delgado is sweet. Andy Garcia yeah. does a good performance and specifically, I, I think you get a lot out of like poor like when when it's like the working class man is getting rejected and like trying to fight against that and just yeah. like trying to do their best and like the sweet little animals yeah and they're sweet and little they're animals just dogs that helps being dogs and there's no annoying humans around like well there there are some at the beginning yeah there are many J- at the beginning J- Jamie Lee yeah Jamie Lee jimmy lee but she's do, she's doing great in it she I, is i did <laughs> i watched this with with my darling girlfriend brooke and literally jamie lee does like a little bit to vivian and she does this smile and i was like jamie lee curtis has incredible teeth i don't think i've mm. ever like consciously acknowledged that in another thing but i was like holy shit when did she get such nice fucking teeth i mean they're probably probably veneers yeah, well, she deserves it. I know. She put in the work, I mean, all right? to be fair, any actor tends to have to get worked on on their teeth. If yeah. you don't have nice teeth, it brings uh, uh, attention to it. Unless you're at the tipping point where the teeth are distinctive, which is what Steve Buscemi has said. He once said that he was told many times, he went to his dentist of many years, mm. and the dentist apparently said, you know, I can fix your teeth for you. And he said, you couldn't fix that teeth, I'll lose my career. And I'm like, yeah. he knows that he has a distinct look. Claude has like a little snaggle tooth. Like there's mm, one of his teeth stands out and like is a bit over the rest of his teeth and i find it so cute i remember on the first date i kept looking at it and i was like i love his little snaggle tooth i used to have a tooth like that but uh, my my mum got convinced by an orthodontist to get me braces and she very long nice teeth regrets it because my teeth were not that bad they just i had an overbite and i overbites are good to fix though okay and and your teeth look fantastic Thanks. i must say you've got very nice straight teeth i had Thanks. braces but my bottom teeth your teeth look fine. This is bad for an audio medium. It's <laughs> <laughs> just talking about what our teeth look like. Well, my bottom row of teeth, one of the teeth never grew back after I lost my baby mm. tooth. And so my orthodontist was like, we need to fill in that hole. Otherwise, all the work we did on this bottom level will be for nothing. And her teeth will just go back to like a wonky state because nothing's pushing them together. Yeah. And we decided not to do that. So even though I got braces on my bottom teeth, they're, they're fucked. You pull it off. 
Thanks. Looks great. Thanks. <laughs> but this movie, right? Um, also, I love that in the cr- opening credits, Drew Barrymore didn't just get an and Drew Barrymore. Mm. She got and Drew Barrymore as the voice of Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> really want to anchor it in. Doesn't Drew Barrymore just have the sweetest voice, though? Like, there is something about her voice that I could listen to all day. She's got that cute semi-lisp. Yeah. And she just sounds so, I don't know, positive and sweet all the time. The, the, like, she's the most obvious casting for this in the world because mm. she's the Beverly Hills Valley Girl. Yes, like definitely. Perfect casting for it. Yeah. You know, especially because Chloe has to go from obscenely annoying to sympathetic quite quickly in this. Yeah. I couldn't figure out who it was at first because I miss the Drew Barrymore as Cleo. Yeah. But I was like, who is this voice? And when she was kind of being a snobby Valley Girl dog at mm. the beginning, I couldn't tell. But as soon as she started getting into like hardship in Mexico and she started kind of becoming more upset, I could really hear that Drew Barrymore voice yeah. coming through. You can really hear it peeking through. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, talking to the voice actors, I, I was I was losing my mind because there's so many voice actors in this and I was like, oh, who's that? Oh, fuck, it's Louise Guzman. Oh, who's that? It's fucking Edward James Olmos. Um, like I said, I was like, holy shit, Loretta Devine's in this. Mm. And, but there was one of the people, I was like, I don't recognize this person, but I do recognize how they sound. Mm. And it's it's one of the, you know, Piper Bravo. Rachel has two friends. Yeah. One of them is played by Ali Hillis, who I know because she is lightning in Final Fantasy 13, one of my oh. favorite games when I was a kid, Scout Harding in Dragon Age Inquisition, a game <laughs> I also love, and Karen in Naruto Chippuden, which sick. I've been watching with my old housemate. Aww. Like, incredible. I was like, holy shit. How, are you going to play Baldur's Gate, by the way? I'm so excited. It's already out. Uh, well, when this comes out. No. No, 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 no. I don't have a PC. It comes out on console September 5th, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't been able to play it. Yeah. By the time this comes out, I, w- I will be probably in the in the th- deep in the throes yes. uh, of playing it. I'm so keen. You can talk to Claude because Claude is yeah. loving it. The other the other night, actually, I my, I still play uh, Dungeons and Dragons with some of my friends remotely in Sydney, mm. um, just as like a nice way to catch up after after moving. And I mean, I know you know this, but the listeners don't, you mm. know. Um, and the other day we were just not feeling great. Like a couple of us weren't feeling super great, but we like get a lot out of like hanging out. But mm. D&D can be like a lot of energy. Yeah. And someone mentioned Baldur's Gate. And I was like, can we watch you play? <laughs> and he was like, okay. Nice. And so we just watched him play Baldur's Gate. And he was talking because he was the only, he and one of the others had it. And the rest of us really wanted it, but we're waiting for it on console. Yeah. And so he was just like talking about how it worked and showing us like he talked to this bear in it. And it cool. was really cool and really like sweet. Claude was saying how funny it is, how everyone's really horny for you as a character. Yeah. He's like, it's really strange. Like you'll meet them. And then within three sentences, they'll be like, do you want to fuck? Hell yeah. That's what I want. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I, well, look, I want them to be horny. I more want them to be horny because with horny sometimes comes romance. And I, I get a lot out of romance in stories more than I ever thought I did. I didn't realize it until I was playing final fantasy 16, yeah. just quite a sweet love story in mm. it. And I just was getting so heartwarmed by it. I was like, I really am invested in romance i just don't often like romance movies by themselves but they're frequently some of my favorite parts i just hate when they're jammed in mm. you know that the classic like this is an adventure and these people know each other so now they like each other i'm yeah. like i don't care about that because it's not romance yeah i think like yeah i totally get you i like really long form romantic plots like yeah. yen and 
Geralt in The yeah. Witcher. I love the way that oh, storyline plays me out. Me too. Especially like, like the gin when they. Yeah, the gin yeah. is so beautiful, especially as the way it concludes the story in the books, which is even sweeter. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited for Baldur's Gate 3 more than anything because I can make an explicitly trans character nice. in, without the cyberpunk problem of it ties pronouns to your voice. Mm. Gross. That not That's not mm. nice. I saw Claude making his. Um, dwarf character and mm. he had like a big chode dick yeah you can you yeah. can pick your dick yeah you can pick your dick pick a dick any I mean, dick again it's better than cyberpunk which i think it was like dick one dick two off <laughs> which is so funny it's kind of like the process you went through <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah um dick one uh, dick two <laughs> We gotta talk about some chihuahuas. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no. You know what? This is related because one of the things I thought about the first act of this movie, especially, is these dogs are very sexually attracted to each other. They they're very. I mean, but dogs are horny. Yeah, but don't you infantilize these dogs? How dare you minimize their sexual experiences? I'm sorry for shaming how (laughs) horny the dogs were in the kids' movie. My bad. You never met a dog humping your leg. You know what? You're right. You're right. Isn't it strange how female dogs also hump? Do you know that? Well, I think female humans also hump. Yeah, but like I feel like dogs do it. It's pretty good. Actually, out of like maybe they just enjoy the action of it. And it's not something sexual. It's stimming. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> kind but Claude's <laughs> parents have two dogs, little Dachshunds, uh, called or Dachshunds, called Minnie and Eg. They're both girls, mm. and Eg used to just hump. Me- Minnie and like oh, wow. didn't really know what she was doing kind of looked dissociative while she was doing it. and Minnie was in heat so really wanted it and they were yeah. like what the fuck is going on the, the way that animals that don't experience sexual pleasure have sex is really hard to process mm. as a species that performs sex frequently for sexual yeah. pleasure yeah so it's really kind of hard to like wrap your brain around it because mm. it feels uncomfortable but that's because you're applying how we do it yeah definitely you know what I mean um, hey, how did they fucking not notice the diamonds around her neck? When she gets dog napped, she just gets stuck in a cage. And mm. then later the head of the dog nappers is watching the dog fight and spots the diamond necklace. It's a diamond necklace. Mm. How did they not notice she has a diamond necklace on that is described as priceless? Maybe one of his associates had like, you know, put it, pulled her out and put her in the cage. And but, then he sees it for the first time when, when she's but, out. But that's what I mean. Why did none of them? Why did none of the mm. crew? It's a diamond necklace. It's not subtle. I, it's to be big. honest, I, I'm not going to lie. If someone was wearing a diamond necklace, I wouldn't immediately think. If it was on a dog, I wouldn't immediately think it would be real. I'd be like, that's probably just glass. Sure. I wouldn't be able to tell immediately. I'm not, I know pe- a lot of people could, but I. what if they just didn't know? They just thought it was like tacky glass necklace so i'm just dog. saying bad move for a dog napper yeah to, to nap a dog and then immediately go like <laughs> that's just fake plastic diamonds you gotta check bro how about na- dog napping is like a, a natural horrible lucrative business yeah. um I, I saw this person posting on like thornbury good karma on like facebook and she said that her dog was just in their front garden and a van that she just pulled up and grabbed it and she like never saw it again. Oh my God. She was being like, I need help trying to find my dog. And everyone was really pitching in to put up posters, but they never found it. It's oh really my God. sad. That is really sad. Yeah. What a sad story to Keep tell. Keep your dogs podcast. inside people. If you're not outside with it. That was Abby's sad stories. Is that your creepy tale of this week? <laughs> Abby's sad story. Wow, you're really... I'm gonna tell you a story. God damn it, <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> what well, you know? This podcast is gonna end on the final episode where I finally strangle you. <laughs> uh, at which point you hear a rating descending gunshot. <laughs> Keeps playing out forever. 
the longest episode recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, um, the... <laughs> Piper Parabo, there's the bit where she ha- is like pretending to be a dog on the phone to Vivian. Yeah. She does some pretty good dog impressions. I think it's just 80 yard. You literally see her lips well, then and she kind of just goes. Frank Welker did some pretty good dog impressions. I'm pretty sure they, they did. It like, and then they cut away to a, a shot where they're further away from her. And I think it's just to mask the ADR work. You know what? I, if, if, that's, if that's true, that wouldn't be on Wikipedia, but it would be on imdb i want to see if i can see like dog adr sure who did dog adr muffles the yorkshire terrier trained dog there's several people who are uncredited and just described here as mexican (laughs) which is a strange vibe well you know i i can't see can't see anyone specifically who's been credited as any dog adr but that doesn't mean it's I just watch it. Not. You can see it. Well, yeah, but it that doesn't match her. That lips. doesn't mean it's not Piper Parabo. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they then got her in to do the dog sound when it would be a lot more. It would be a lot cheaper to get anyone else in. It would be. It would be. I yeah. You know, it would be cheaper. Maybe you've already got Parabo in the booth, and you know, you're Roger very- Gosnell, and you're like, hey, kid, you, you know. Uh, what, what are you? Uh, oh, no, sorry, we're, we're not doing that. We'll, I'll do a different uh, Italian American. Hey, Parabo, you gotta. <laughs> You gotta do the dog while you're in there. Can you give a chihuahua? Just be careful about how you're gonna do it, huh? <laughs> can you give me a little bit more uh, gabagool? Give, give me a give me a little more, but I'd be careful about it if I were you, huh? I'd uh, make sure I, I do like a I'm good job. I feel like I'm in season job. three of The Sopranos right now. <laughs> this is remarkable. New Jersey, here I come. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There you go. See, I, I've got other voices, you know, yeah. even if they're still just next to New York. Um, hey, look. Do you want to hear some trivia? I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, but before the music comes in, I do want to add to everyone that at the, right before the end disclaimer that is like, don't adopt dogs, which is something that is like both good and clearly put there because Disney has made too many dog movies where that then encourage people to go out and adopt dogs. Right before that, Puppy says to Chloe, Puppy like. <laughs> Which was particularly funny to me, by the way, oh my God, okay, no, we're not going to trivia right now. We have to do this one thing because before watching this movie, I turned to Brooke and I was like, I bet he's, because I knew it was a a Mexican-American movie. It's a Uh co-production. I was like, I bet that 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 chihuahua, the one that's poppy, I bet he's going to be like, hey, my guy. And then George, it's fucking George Lopez doing that exact thing. I was like, I was just doing George Lopez. It's just him. All right, let's get into some trivia. According to George Lopez, Puppy the Chihuahua he voices in the movie was one day away from being put down before he was rescued for the movie. Oh. Yeah. Like the dog that acted the, the, as... The actor dog. Stop it. Yeah. That's too much. Now, the Puppy was played apparently by several Chihuahuas, but I guess at least one of the Chihuahuas, that was true. Mm. Also, I do still have trivia, but there's so much trivia for this on IMDb, and every single bit is basically... This is the way that the dogs were safe. Yeah. It was like a Piper Parabo didn't actually toss the dog. What yeah. happened is there was a safe thing. It's just like behind the scenes explanation of how every single instance of a dog was, they were being safe and well tra- treated. I had the equivalent of that last week in the Sherlock, like the Holmes and Watson episode. <laughs> Will when- Ferrell didn't actually get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like every single, there was like 20 pieces of trivia that was like, 
These actors actually worked on this other production of a different story around Sherlock Holmes. There's a million Sherlock Holmes adapt like yeah. adaptations, and so they're like, "Did you know this actor has already worked in a Sherlock Holmes thing?" And you're like, "I don't care." Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's not it's not that engaging, especially when it's like clearly filmed in England, and I'm like, yeah. everyone you pull from has been in a Sherlock yeah. Holmes. You yeah. Know? Um, Reese Witherspoon was the first choice for the role of Chloe. I normally don't care for like, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I was going to play them because there's so many of them. But like, I think that's interesting because Chloe, Drew Barrymore as Chloe is such an obvious cast. Because she reminds you of Elle Woods. Yeah. 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 Well, Reese Witherspoon does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a few that are fundamentally, oh no, no, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Here's a couple that are fundamentally just mistakes. Um, the Aztecs never colonized Chihuahua. So all of the Aztec roots, those were the Toltecs, I think. Uh, is Chihuahua quite north in Mexico? Is it near the Texan border? Yes, it's yeah. it's near the Texan border. It's quite east of California, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. another thing that people pointed out. <laughs> yeah. of, they head directly south and somehow end really, really east. Mm. Um, Puerto Vallarta doesn't have any railroads at all. And additionally, Tijuana doesn't have a train station. There's no way you could get to all the places they went at the short time they made going there. Mm. So, you know, I just love that this movie hinges on them taking a train to Chihuahua to get the, to the Aztec temple. And none of that, none of that is anything. You're not going to tell me that there aren't a tribe of wild Chihuahuas living in the <laughs> Chihuahua desert, right? What, what I'm saying is that they weren't Aztecs, they were Toltecs. So the Toltec Chihuahuas living yes, in the desert. that's what I'm telling oh, you. Oh, thank God. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Oh. But here's the last one that I think is sweet. Chloe was named after writer Annalisa LaBianco's dog, a four-year-old chihuahua. Aw, yeah. that's sweet. Do you want to hear some reviews? Yes. Reviews! This movie has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty high. And I'm pretty sure we're, is this, we're still in the 3.8s, right? I think so. Let me check the list. I should have done this before. It's your, bo- it's your movie, babe. It's my movie. It's your movie. It's my movie, babes. It's my movie and we're all just living in it. It's my movie and I'll cry if I want to, cry if I want to, cry if I want to. Yeah, 3.8. Yeah, um, yeah and we're still in the 3.8s. Um, Mark Olson of the Los Angeles Times said, one could try to overlook the film's view of Mexico as an either-or land of resort poshness and street-level poverty, chiefly populated by criminals and hustlers of all stripes, except that view forms the entire film, driving driving the narrative impulse by which the spoiled puppy makes her journey. He also wrote, think of it as the Paris Hilton complex, that idea of young people as little princesses and princes who get what they want, and what they want is easy pickings and a life without engagement. So he really didn't like it. Uh, but, you know, I think, isn't the idea that Chloe learns to get rid of her, her pompousness? She gets rid of her little booty, remember, when she's on the train? Yeah, I do think some of the review kind of smacks a little of I didn't pay attention to the third act of this yeah, movie. Yeah, because she literally turns around and is like, why do I wear these weird little boots? Like, yeah. my paws don't get that dirty here. Like, I literally, why would I wear them in Beverly Hills? My life is so pretentious. And now I really know what living is like. Isn't that what, it, what it's meant to be about? Yes. Fucking watch the movie again then. Yeah, Mark Olson. Fuck you, Mark Olson. Mark Mark Olson. Well like Mike Mark Old Son. Like Get your eyes movie. checked, bro. Here's some IMDb reviews. Are they um, gonna be more positive? They are all ten out of ten. I got four of them. Mm-hmm. And I got four and they're meaty too. Uh this one is Great Family Show for All Ages by Faith Q. Me, my husband, and our two children, ages four and seven, went to see this movie, and we all had a great time. Same. It kept, <laughs> it kept everyone's attention for the entire length of the movie. 
It was hilarious, fast-paced, and heartwarming. I'm not sure why the movie has such bad ratings on here. I think people are being way too critical. The theater was full of couples without children, which was surprising to me, but it seemed like everyone enjoyed the movie and no one walked out. Before oh, unlike s- Holmes and Watson. Hey. Interesting. Before seeing the movie, I read the comments here and went into it with little expectations. I was happily surprised, enough so to take the time to register here at IMDb and state my opinion. <laughs> Registered for this review. Enough said. 10 out of 10. Aww. I just, uh, yeah, I just love that the 10 out of 10 includes everyone paid attention to it and mm. nobody walked out. Mm. I think that's very funny to give a full score. Yeah. Um, this one is What an Adorable Film by Francine Arnon. True. I thought this movie was adorable. Yeah, me too. Yes, it made fun of spoiled Beverly Hills brats, but by no means was it racist. At a time in history when everything is so serious, we need to be able to laugh. This is a no-brainer film, and I welcomed the humor and simplicity. The film was perfectly suited for children of all ages. The characters were a bit silly, but how could you not love a talking dog of any kind? There was actually a plot to this story, which is sometimes missing in animated films. I don't, this is not an animated film, and that's not... Okay, um, sorry, I got distracted by that. I found myself actually rooting for the characters. I, knowing how people are with their little dogs, I enjoyed the fashion show. Having three little ones myself, I understand what we put them through with outfit changes. Oh. When I saw this movie, the audience was mixed. I was surprised to see that many people over the age of 21 were there without children. 10 out of 10. I don't know why that's a recurring theme, mm. that people without kids went to go see it. Mm. Here's another one titled, uh, If You Have Not Seen This Movie, Don't Knock It, by mbwright one I have been reading the comments on this movie. Have you ever seen it or just knocking it? If you want to knock a movie, want to try a movie that show a man in his 50s and 60s acting like he is in his 20s or 30s. Look at the one this year with uh, and last with Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, and Stallone for just a few. At their age, as I should know, they would be in ICU after a fight. The special effects that it takes for the stunts that you know could not be done in any other way, but in a movie at their age or any other age could not be done. So if you like these types of movies and can suspend logic and go with your imagination and let go and have good, clean fun, then it is Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, by the way, my type of movie is horror and sci-fi. Another question, if it is not for the Abby reason that you dislike the movie, is it because you know there are people who treat their pets like in the movie? Well, for the, sorry, I have no idea what... Did they say the Abby reason? Yes, they did. What the fuck? Uh, sorry, I just... I, there's no way to pass what that sentence was. Well, for this, I will take the word of Poppy in the teaser trailer. Jealous! <laughs> 10 out of 10. Wow, you really took so much from this film. <laughs> That's maybe one of the most confusingly written reviews we've read. The Abby reason? I think they were having some sort of episode mm. and we were just all living in it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the last one I have titled Funny by Vio Babu. Vio Babu. Vio Babu. Or was that last week? We were talking about Borat last week. Vio Babu. <laughs> it's just a funny movie, people. Why are you so critical? So mean. Did you at least see all the movie? Did you at least enjoy this type of movie? Because if you are a thriller, mystery, action fan, you won't find what you're looking for here. It was made for kids, but you can watch it as an adult too. Dogs are so cute, funny, sweet. There are a few nice jokes. You will have a smile on your face at the end of this movie. 
Of course, if you're looking for a smart and addicting movie, you won't find it here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up until that moment, I was like, the director wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> it has no mystery. It's predictable. <laughs> it's a comedy. The Home Alone type. <laughs> so you think... so. Sorry. So think that this could be a great movie to watch with your kid in a Sunday evening. And let's all admit, this movie gives us remembers of our childhood. With our favorite animals, toys, stupid games, love and hate, addicting stories. Why do people keep saying addicting? <laughs> just That's love, not the word. You know, our childhood, <laughs> favorite animals, toys, stupid games, love and hate. I like the way the little dogs were dressed. You can see a lot of people nowadays buying the kind of fancy stuff for their pets. And that's because they love them. Of course, some of them are exaggerated. Dogs wearing diamonds? I'd love to be that dog. For its type, for this kind of story, it's a nice piece. So I wait to see the second part now. It was released, but I saw this first one today. Tomorrow, second part. Chihuahua, 10 out of 10. (laughs) Chihuahua. (laughs) These are... these. Are actually some of my favorite reviews we've had. I love all of these so much. Mm. (laughs) Um, But that was Vio Biabu. What was your review? I actually had a really good time, Michelle. You did. I did. It was quite nice. So ashamed of the fact that you had a good time. I know, because it's just more proof that my brain might be melting. But maybe it's the world that is wrong. Maybe the people on IMDb are right. Don't listen to the haters. They're all pretentious. Yeah. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. I liked it. I actually had a really good time. I would rate it. I don't think it deserves to be on this list. I'll be honest. If Camp Rock isn't on this list, why is this on this list? Huh? I, that's so like, it's such a left field pull, but I agree with you. Yeah. So for that reason, I, I'm just upset that God's Not Dead was like, uh, nothing to lose was like 5.5 out of 10 or something stupid. How is that possible? Yeah. I, this has to be more than that. God's Not Dead is actively harmful as a movie and it has like a full point higher than this. I'm giving this a 5.6 just so it's above God's Not Dead. I mean, nothing to lose. Well, yeah. I mean, any, any of them, you know? Yeah. Any of the ones that are just religious propaganda. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I fundamentally agree with your proposition and with Vio Biabu. Bonus point as well for Jamie Lee Curtis coming in. Bonus decimal point. 5.7. Okay. 5.7. 5.7. Let the record show. Yeah. 5.7. Yeah. And actually bonus point for Edward James Olmos. <laughs> so 5.8, 5.8. And actually bonus point for Andy Garcia. So 5.9. Oh, wow. 5.9. And bonus point for Drew Barry. Let's just give it a six. Okay. Six out of 10. <laughs> Um, I, I agree that this movie shouldn't be on this list, but that's also because I think many of these other movies should have lower ratings. Mm. And so something that is still a four, I think actually shouldn't be on this list. Yeah. I think this list should start at fucking three. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's also not good. And you know what? I said at the end of last Excuse episode, me? I said at the end of last episode, it's called Beverly Hills Chihuahua. If they don't have Beverly Hills by Weezer, I was going to fucking lose it. And they There's didn't. so many needle drops of this. There's so many. And some of them focused around California. Yeah. And yet, Weezer is lacking. I'm not even a big fan of the Weeze, all right? Rivers Cuomo seems like a chill dude. Mm. But it's not like I'm not sitting here as a Weezer stin. Don't you think it's good that they went for something not quite as obvious as I didn't just think Beverly they, Hills by Weezer? Like maybe they were going for something more nuanced. I don't think that's what they did do. I don't think what they did do is more nuanced. I think they didn't do the, the correct choice. Mm. And for that, I will knock off a full point. Oh. And I will make it a 4.8. Wow. Rude. Yes. But, you know, 
that's just what we thought. You can find us expressing these thoughts as well on social media. You can find us on x.com at rating descent at rate descend pod. <laughs> you can find us on TikTok at rating descending. You can find us on YouTube at rating descending. Or you could email well no, and you can email us at rating descending at gmail.com. We love the emails. Or you can find us on our YouTube, our individual accounts. I'm on Instagram under Abigail J. Ward. Or you can find me on X and Instagram under Michelle.StClair. And please, pretty please, with a cherry on top, drop us a review wherever you get your podcast to show us a bit of love. It truly, truly makes a difference. But um, that was Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Abby, what is it that we're watching next week? Michelle, next week we are watching... And we've seen this before, The Love Guru. Oh, my God. The Mike Myers comedy. Oh, my God. That we double-billed one time with Cat in the Hat. Yeah, in one of the, in, in the proto version of the podcast, we had a double-billing, and so now here yeah. we are again. Another Mike Myers film. Oh and actually, God. I remember Cat in the Hat, fantastic film, obviously, but Love Guru was a slog. It's pretty turgid. It's pretty horrible. But, you know, he sings 9 to 5 in an Indian accent. Isn't that pretty funny? Oh, God, it's going to be painful, isn't that pretty isn't funny? It? It's going to be painful. This will make you appreciate Cat in the Hat, okay? Yeah, I can think that Cat in the Hat is better than Love Guru, though. First, you don't like Cat in the Hat. Then you don't like, you know, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. What have you got against animals? Right. Oh, see you then. Why <laughs> you just turn into a ghost? <laughs>